0: This is the Game Changers experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world this show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset productivity marketing branding entrepreneurship business strategy and more hosted by productivity authority business strategist former elite athlete author and public speaker adam strong hello everybody and welcome to the game changers experience podcast with myself adam strong and today we have on the show, Dr. Oleg Canavolo. He's going to correct me, by the way, but it's all good because, you know, I'm particularly bad at kind of, you know, with dyslexic here and stuff like that. He's going to correct me, so it's all good. But listen, who is he? Well, Oleg is a, a thought leader. He's an author. He's a business educator. He's a consultant and a coach. And he coaches and consults with Fortune 500 companies internationally, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. He is also been voted as one of the biggest thought leaders on culture by the Thinkers at 360 and uh, is doing a lot of stuff with Dr. Marshall Goldsmith who we've had on the previous uh, episodes of the Game Changers experience, which is just absolutely fantastic. So, Oleg, just want to say welcome to the show. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you very much. I'm really delighted to have this conversation. Thank
0: you. Absolutely. And you know, what I love about our conversations, and it's the same with all our guests is that, you know, it's fun, it's interactive, it's not too serious guys. And you know what the beauty about it is that the things that we're going to be talking about are things that you can actually implement in your business. Do you know what I mean? So without taking life too seriously, because it's all about having fun at the same time. But listen, moving on, I want to get you to kind of introduce yourself in a way. I'd love to know more about how you got into the world of leadership and vision, because I know that you've got 25 years of experience in working with the Fortune 500 companies. I'd love to know more about how you got into that industry, how you got into that field. and, uh, and, and, And yeah, I'd love to start with that first.
1: Oh, thank you, Adam. You know, just referring back to, to your nice comment about having a fun, the stupidest things in this life always done with this, you know, with the most serious face. When you are about to explore something, it's about thinking positively about a future that I'm about to create or help people to create. And it's about leadership. What I do for the future of people I'm leading. What I do, you know, to to make it really successful. I was always curious, what is there? What I could explore to make things better? What are the shortest? So I'm not a problem solver, I'm a solution finder. That's a very big difference, Mm -hmm. you know? And you see, I came from a very practical background. I came from the fishing industry. So it's not about having passengers on board of a trawler or if you you know offer something, it should be real. You you must have efficient stock. If you don't have it, don't show me reports. So real, practical, and enjoyable. Love it. That is all about.
0: You know, it's interesting. So you said that you were a fishing trawler, is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a fun job, believe me. If you wouldn't be fun, you will suffer.
0: Do you know, I remember watching a show, actually, it was shown on the in the UK. And, and I'm just I think it was actually called Trawler Men, believe it or not. And it was basically a documentary or a series of documentaries around Trawler Men that would go out of, I think it was East Fife, which is in Scotland, or Aberdeenshire or somewhere like that. And they go out for like weeks and weeks and weeks and end. And, you know, just go out and find, you know, because in the, where is it? The Atlantic, you know, it's, it's particularly rough seas between Norway and Scotland is quite, it can be quite rough. They're quite ruthless. And so what I loved about particularly that documentary was looking how the leadership, you know, if you've got the head trawler man who normally is the guy that controls the boat that, I suppose, coordinates his crew to make sure that, number one, that they get the right load of fish into what they're carrying, and they've got to get it back to the freezers as soon as possible, otherwise the fish is going to go off. Does that make sense? It
1: does. A, because I was on a trawler from Aberdeen, right? I've been through this deep sea trawler experience facing uh, Gale 11, mm-hmm. which is tough. You believe in God in a matter of seconds, yeah. You know, it's not about first round, and I really respect or admire those skippers. It's not only about making money for the crew, it's about bringing all them back home in one piece, yes. which is great. You know, it's very tough, it's very ch- challenging, and these people taking tremendous responsibility as leaders, mm. move them forward. To, to do something, to go through the storm, but make people satisfied, happier, or live better. That's tremendous.
0: You know, it's interesting. Uh, I had an epiphany when you had just said that, actually. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie, The Perfect Storm. movie. you ever yes. watched that? It's a great movie, right? And, you know, and, and again, it kind of emulates about what we're actually talking about. I suppose, from my perspective, because that is a very different industry, going from... Working on the trawlers, okay, to coaching and consulting Fortune 500 companies. I mean, you couldn't really get a bigger contrast in differences if you even if you tried. But I'd love to know how exactly you transitioned from that into Fortune 500 companies. What what was the uh, what was the journey there?
1: You see, at a certain point, I moved a few years back. I moved to consulting. And by that time, I already had a doctoral degree. I was uh, on the first one with uh, a doctoral in management in the entire fishing industry. And I started writing books. And it was just like a side effect of my experience, of my research, of my studies, uh, or reflection of what I've been going through, and it's chance to be well. And that inspired me to explore new areas you know, in leadership as a system or in about vision or, and here's a correlation. When I work with clients, when you think about vision, think about vision leadership, it's about courageous thinking. Mm -hmm. And when I'm sharing them, this stories from trollers or from my experience, it's about inspiring people. What, What does it mean inspiring my clients? showing them that it is possible to do even in the roughest conditions. Because inspiration, it's clearly understanding, I can do this. Mm. And that is very important. It's about courageous thinking. It's not about being like a penguin jumping in, in, into a cold water. It's about consciously thinking, yes, I can do it and achieve it. It's very, it's very correlated. You know, it makes people grounded to reality. At the same time, it makes them bigger. Did you? That's
0: important. It's interesting you're talking about correlations. Did you have you seen any correlations, whether it be vision or leadership, between running uh, or yeah, running a business, which is essentially being a trawlerman, and running a Fortune 500 company? Were there any correlations that you that you had found working with clients in in both realms? Yeah.
1: Oh. There are a few. When I'm taking a client, I'm, and particularly, you know, coaching on vision, it's about coaching into the future. So helping a client to create something new. Mm-hmm. And the very first question I'm always asking, it's at the stage of engagement, initial engagement, I'm always asking, do you believe in anything? And people saying, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. In God, in nature, in universe, As soon as this person believes in something greater than himself, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But if the person says, no, 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 I'm, you know, I don't believe in any crap. I'm fine. This person is purely focused on himself. He can't see the world. So he wouldn't be able to create something for others. You know, vision, leadership, it's not about me or you. It's about what we do for others. And that simple question, if you believe in something greater than yourself, then you would be doing something. Mm-hmm. If you believe only in your personal ambitions, you will drive this business off a cliff. You will kill these people on board of that thrower because you want more money. And that's a direct It's one So ego kills vision instantly.
0: Love it. Very cool. That's a very good one. Ego love. Ego. You know, it's interesting because... I've been on um, the audio only app Clubhouse uh, quite a few mm-hmm. times talking about and also having conversations with Marshall Goldsmith and and a few others in the leadership realm, even with sort of CEOs of top Fortune 500 companies myself. And it's interesting, we we're talking about ego. And one of the th- conversations that came off the back of speaking with Marshall offline was similar to conversations that we're talking about right now. But he says, he talks about the importance of, winning right because for me i love to win you love to win everyone loves to win for me it's all about yeah i suppose it's kind of this competitive edge but again it's not about the winning it's about you know it's about kind of what can you do for others then you can make it a win-win situation does that make sense
1: absolutely and you see being in conversation with marshall i have learned a great lesson from marshall Mm. learn as much as you can Help others as much as you can. So share, and you will grow bigger. When we have these conversations, I notice two difficulties many executives have. I call them language difficulties. (laughs) They talk language of me. You know, you, I work with a client uh, or talk with somebody or responding to a message on LinkedIn. I say, I want to create a $1 billion company. I say, what in that message for people? This is your aim. You want a billion dollars. But what's, why it should attract people? Your ego wouldn't attract anyone, you know, and it, <laughs> ego is just creates distance with people, so causing a huge problem. And another problem, we talk using language of the past. Oh, we had problems. Oh, we had such circumstances. We had, so we're all using had too much. And that's, led me to think about a simple metaphorical
0: idea. You know, I call that, I call it excuse society. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent! Excellent! I love this. Yes. Oh, we can't do this
1: because it's a habit. Uh, uh, you know, come on, stop it. Exactly. But most important, the future would not talk in a positive way to you if you're using a language, a negative language of the past. Mm. You wouldn't understand each other. Sure. Why that future should help you? <laughs>
0: It's true. The disease of excuse societies kills everything. You know, I want to go back to our conversation around vision, because when a lot of us think of the word vision, right, we think of where is it that my company or me, where where are we going to be in the future? That's what we that's kind of what we're anticipating for in terms of vision. Right. But my question really is, you know, okay, so we've got an idea of where the company is going or what we want to create or what we want to become but is it more than just that in terms of vision it's
1: not just even more it's it's very very different hmm. because we assume vision is some kind of a mission statement or a goal you know i have a goal okay to lose three kilos of weight by a certain date i have done it cool great achieved what else that's yeah. it. you know a mission statement very nice thing, you know, on a wall, when we're waiting for a meeting, it's on a reception wall, that's fine, would it inspire me? No. Would it be really showing where I'm going to be? Why I should fight for it? Mm -hmm. Would I die for it? No. Vision is actually a clear space in the future, also aspirations for the future that we strive strive to make a reality today. So when we know that is a clear, functional, pragmatic space that we are creating together for benefit of others, that makes a sense because we know it's functional. People would benefit from it. I, When it's clear, I know how to make all my supporters and followers co- co-owners of that vision because they will benefit from it Yeah, and they will fight for it. I'm actually rolling the red carpet for people now, and they could step on it and go toward that goal. They know clearly where they're going to be, what they will achieve and what they will get. Yeah. So it's a little planet that we just imagine. And so we, are, we must grow with this vision because vision is huge. It's bigger than me or you or any organization or any one of us, vision is huge. And so I must grow in order to be able to manage it mm. as it's, I must grow beyond myself. I must grow The stronger, I grow the more I could help my people. Because if I can't grow, how, how I could help others.
0: And you say grow, you mean as in the individual, as a leader, as a leader, yeah.
1: as a leader, as a, personality, because I'm making impact. I'm taking more responsibility. It's about, you know, if I'm not taking responsibility, I'm just pleasing people. Mm. But it's very, very wrong approach. Leadership, it's not about consensus. It's not about pleasing people. Pleasers are faceless. Do I remember any pleaser? No, Mm. I will remember and admire leaders who made me stronger. He put me somewhere different, even through the challenges. That's fine.
0: Mm. This
1: is why we need leaders.
0: Interesting. It's fascinating when we're talking about pleasing others, because from my perspective, and, and, and this, this it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a, a six-figure business or you're the CEO of a, of a nine-figure business, the fundamentals don't change. I, my belief is that if you're trying to please others, it's because you have insecurities that you need to go deal with. And oh,
1: uh, when you don't know where you go, mm. you're looking for consensus. Right. And you think, yeah, should we do this or should we do that? But that's an interesting point because one of the critical areas for modern leaders is ability to enable good decision making. Mm. We're very good at making choices. At the same time, choice is a great excuse. We have done poorly because we had poor choices. But that's, it doesn't work. Because no responsibility, no commitment stand behind the choice. When we make decision, it's a clear commitment. It's responsibility. And you, you must make people free by giving them a clear direction. People are free when they know where they're going. Yeah. If I That's know int- what to do, that makes a big difference.
0: It's interesting we're talking about this because this beautifully works into my kind of my next question for you, which is, what have you seen in? Because I mean, you you've just written a book, which we'll talk about the Vision Code in a, in, a, in a minute. What have you found working with a, a diversity of different clients? What have you found in terms of the links between? having a strong company vision okay and a great company culture if you have a strong vision
1: and at the same time you must envision that culture if you don't have a vision for your culture you wouldn't be able to create it Mm -hmm. it would be just okay but it still would be fragmented, but you need the whole energy of people. Corporate culture is an energy, inner energy of organization, which consists of talents, competences, efforts of all people and directed in one direction, right? or, or achievement of one goal. If you have a vision, you must unite people in this sense. It's one of the criterias Oh, one of the criteria of, is it a vision or is it an illusion? Does it work as a, as a magnet for people? If it does great, but if people still thinking about it from different, you know, or differently, you wouldn't be able
0: to get them together.
1: You know, you can't get people around it.
0: Yeah. I suppose you, you've got to get people involved especially if you're trying to, you know, some of the, it's interesting because been, especially since the whole kind of pandemic situation and stuff is you see a minority of small, uh, of a minority of companies that have gone back to basics. Most of them haven't gone back to basics, right? Have you found working, especially over the last year or so, have you found out the people that don't have the strong visions or the companies that have the, without the strong visions, do you see that has a, a direct result on engagement in terms of your employees? Do you see that there's a, a correlation between if it's positive or negative and so forth? Absolutely.
1: And I will tell you something shocking. You know, doing this research on vision, Yeah. I have found something I was really shocked. Less than 0.1% of modern leaders have vision. Really, I was not touching political guys, they have even a bigger trouble. So, more or less, we don't know where we lead people, we're just promising them something that would be forgotten tomorrow because tomorrow will be another promise. So, we don't know where we do this, Mm -hmm. and therefore, we have a huge difficulty also with corporate culture because we don't know what it's all about. Because culture stands on the shared vision, culture is a productive interaction wrapped into a shared vision. But if we don't have one, that's it. Yeah, no. Gary Rich, famous Gary Rich is phenomenal company which is leading is WD-40. They have the highest engagement rate in the world. 96% of, of his people are truly engaged. And that is wrapped around his vision because that defines his wife. You know, I had a brilliant conversation about this particular topic with Gary. And he said, look, my vision doesn't have a period at the end. And what it's all about, we're here to bring a positive lasting memory to the people who are using our product. That's great. And so he created, it's not a company, it's a tribe. And therefore, but when you talk, even those huge companies, seemingly famous, and they're saying, yeah, 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 we have a nice statement, you know, and so, but they're so disconnected that people are not feeling, you know, being home. Mm. They're coming just to get their paycheck. Yeah. yeah. Which,
0: which attracts the wrong tribe, it attracts the wrong talent. And essentially, your company is then less high performing than it could be, right? Yeah.
1: So it's a huge trawler with a lot of passengers. It might be a couple of guys, you know, they're trying to keep a helm yeah. in the right direction. But that's it,
0: you know. Yeah. I um, I was fascinated by our conversation that we had a week or two ago because I remember when we first talked about, in your book, The Vision Code, you talked about the fact that you have created an algorithm for creating a, a vision. Can you tell us more about this algorithm and, and how how can someone implement it?
1: Oh yeah. You see, if it's not practical, why have you put it on a paper? Stop troubling people, you know, people busy enough with, you know, with the articles on, on the internet. <laughs> you know. But so I took a simple approach. It sounds simple, but it was quite a challenging task. I created an algorithm which called caviar. Nothing with a fish, <laughs> but still <laughs> delicious. Right? C stands for clarity of creation because it's a first stage. Your vision comes when your conscious awareness of a problem you want to solve for, for the benefit of others reaches its peak. It's not about, oh, I have a colleague. Oh, I think I'm talented for this. No, 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 no. It should be very conscious. And so that's a process. I'm sharing a pile of questions and, uh, you know, logical questions, how to make it real. Right. Then we talk about a, ability because how you would manage it because it's growing. How you would grow. It's about courage. It's about learning. It's about your growing your inner excellence. It's about growing your confidence. And it's about knowledge bank because you must engage everyone in your team to contribute to it. Yeah. It's about viability. I have this fancy vision viability test because vision is very pragmatic. It's very functional. It's not an illusion. How to test it? Because it's all about stimulus, what is in it for people. It's about scale, how it would grow. Mm-hmm. It's about spotlight, who takes responsibility. It's about scanning, how it is relevant. You know, It's about simplicity because vision is elegant thinking about complicated things. And it's of course about excitement and passion. We're all multipliers of that passion. We're all engaged in it. It's very, you know, and the next phase is influence because it's about communicating and sharing vision. Yeah. We communicate facts, but we share stories and emotions. Mm -hmm. But that stands on a new language that we create to describe what we do on on this little planet. (laughs) And it's about acting because it's about culture. It's about focus and will. It's about going through uncertainty. It's about decision-making. So it's about inner communication. Of course, about revitalizing. Every time we grow, we reevaluate our vision how we should grow, it's not a its not a dead end, it grows, it's life, we could leave it as a legacy to the next generation, that's very important, and therefore, it's very simple, with all these practical tools and algorithms I'm sharing in this book, well, yet difficult to apply, because, again, if you're prepared to, for this decision, that you want to live in a very meaningful way, that's cool, but if you're not prepared, it would be fancy reading, because I'm sharing 19 uh, stories from 19 global visionaries. U.S., Canada, uh, Nigeria, Arab Emirates, India, UK, Russia, you know, brilliant people. I am
0: amazed. Sure. Yeah. Very good. So So you've got the caviar... Um Ackerman, if you like. So we've got C A I. What were the other ones that you mentioned? V it's uh viability. Viability, yeah.
1: Yeah. Viability, influence, acting, and revitalizing.
0: Okay. Kavi. Oh, sorry, um, I'm I'm a bit dyslexic as you know. So I'm no, trying nice to point. I'm trying to count, I'm trying to count out how to so we've got four letters there. How many what, okay. what's left? Uh
1: let's start again. C Clarity of creation. It's about creation. A, ability. Yep. B, viability. I, influence. A for acting and R for revitalizing.
0: Nice. Love it.
1: It's practical. And it's already been tested and well-proved in South Africa, USA, UK, Arab Emirates, Switzerland.
0: (laughs) Very good. Very good. I wanted to sort of say for the companies of, even for some of our listeners right now that are struggling to create this vision, right? What, where is it that they need to start? Any, any, any ideas of maybe they already currently have a vision and they need to improve on the one that they currently have, or maybe they have zero uh, vision, which is where they need to start from scratch. Any advice? You know, Apart from read the book, of course, because that's an obvious choice. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you could get it without reading the book? <laughs> you know, one of the brilliant traits of visionaries, which I really admire, is they're not talking problems. They talk solutions. Right. You know, we're, we're the kings of the problems. You could ask everyone, oh, I'm a problem solver, you know. But problems are around us, like midges. Thousands of problems every day, you know, and we're really worried about that. Forget about that. Think of solutions. And that is, what, if you prepare to think about solutions, if you prepare to think how, to, you know, what's the difference between meaningless business, which are millions of them, which shouldn't be established from a day one, and really successful business is vision. If you think that, oh, I have a business, I still have some money in, in my account, but what's the meaning of what you do? That's critical. And if you start thinking about it, you will get those solutions, you will get those answers. It's everything within us. We have a tremendous ability to be visionaries. It's nothing, oh, it's only for a few, they have a gift. You know, no, 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 no. The, it's about hard-thinking people. Think of, uh, we mentioned Marshall Goldsmith. He's really focused thinking. He's brilliant at this. Okay. And he, if you talk to Marshall, he wouldn't be telling, okay, I'm good at this area, and I'm best at this. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't call myself an expert in other areas. So he focusedly thinking about this, and he made his life meaningful. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Gary Reach, the same, David Katz. So you name it. It's, yep. it's about focus, thinking about the future and beyond yourself.
0: Yeah, love it. Very good. I suppose my my because I suppose my last question really is: a lot of our listeners are smaller businesses. They're entrepreneurs, effectively. What is it that entrepreneurs can learn? from the fortune 500 company, similar to the ones that you've worked with in creating a powerful vision.
1: Most often, small business owners thinking of themselves as a standalone warriors. Oh, I'm fighting. That is wrong. Because you still have people that work for you. Even if it's three people, five people. Talk to them, listen to them. They have a lot of answers Talk to your partner, because it's not about, oh, I decided so. No, we created something together. Okay, it wouldn't be changing the whole world, but it will change your local community. It will change your family life. Talk to people. Listen to them. They know a lot. Mm. You know, when we talk about visionaries, we think, oh, yeah, they're great communicators. At first, they're great listeners. They're very good at catching details, very good at, sp- at spotting his painful, a uh, change needed, something like that. Listen to people, and Crazy. you are not alone.
0: It's a, it's a really good point, and I think that it's easier said than done, right? We're having a conversation a- a- around this, and I guess some of our listeners are thinking, Yeah, I know that, yeah, I know that, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But the reality is, ladies and gents, if you're listening to this right, is I can guarantee you that 98% of people listening into this uh, podcast are not doing it.
1: Uh, 99% yes. I yeah. would agree with that. I even do this exercise with my clients. I'm asking, okay, what's been said? And they mainly fail that <laughs> little
0: <Yeah>. test. Exactly. <laughs> and, you, you know, it's interesting. And you just kind of uh, what I call cut through the bullshit and uh, just kind of put people on the spot. And it's like, Oh yeah, well maybe you've got a point. Maybe I don't do what you've told me to do type thing. And you know, it's kind of fascinating or whatever it is, but listen, I mean, we could talk about this subject for quite some time and I'm quite fascinated about the whole kind of algorithms. And, 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 you know, for me, I find it, especially this year in particular, I find that vision has become a bit of an obsession in my book, especially with hanging out with great characters and CEOs and Fortune 500 companies and 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 so forth. You know, it's it, honestly, um, it really kind of gives you a different perspective of what people are working on, what's working for people, um, and just kind of how to get the best out of people, which I think is, which I find fascinating, because, you know, it's all around, you know, what makes people tick. And I always love the analogy of, again, using kind of human psychology to really kind of tap into the kind of the conscious and the subconscious mind. I find in that quite fascinating right now. It's kind of interesting and, you know, and how company culture has changed, especially in the non-normal world, as I like to call (laughs) it. (laughs) But you know, you know what, this is the new normal ladies and gents. So it's all good. But listen, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope you've had to, uh, it's been great having a conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Listen, guys, what I was going to say to you, if you have any questions around um, Oleg's, uh, 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 Oleg's conversation, around our around our conversations today, please do me a favor, connect with him on social media. And there are his links are uh, below. Just mention the podcast so he knows that exactly where you've come from and that you're just some weirdo, of course. But I'm sure that he'll take in weirdos as well. <laughs> And also, I was going to say, uh, check out uh, check out the vision code, which is all in all most countries from around the world on uh, all good good uh, bookshops and online as well. So, listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, we'll see you on the next Game Changers Experience podcast. Take care. See you soon. Hey, you guys! I just want to say thank you so much